0: Welcome to Project Chatter, the podcast where PPM experts from various sectors talk about the latest trends. Listen to Val and Dale as they talk about tried and tested best practices and share their unfiltered thoughts about the industry. Whether you're here to learn how to progress your career, improve your project control skills, or just want to hear an Aussie and South African rant about projects, then you've come to the right place. Welcome
1: to the Project Chatter podcast with your hosts, Dale Fung, And Val Matthews. This podcast is brought to you by Plan Academy. Plan Academy is the world's leading learning site for anyone working in construction project management or project controls.
2: At Plan Academy,
1: you learn construction planning and scheduling theory, how to master scheduling software like Primavera P6, and even advanced construction scheduling techniques. Plan Academy's courses are 100% online and at your own pace. You can learn at the office, at site, from home, anywhere. Check out panacademy.com today for free sample lessons and tons of free video.
2: Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by JustDo.com. JustDo is
1: a great business and project management tool we've been using here at Project Chatter. I agree, Val. I like to keep things simple and JustDo is perfect for that. But I do know it's got a lot of powerful functionality as well. And one of my favorites is the task-specific chat. Absolutely.
2: And for all you slackers, don't wait for Monday. Check out JustDo.com. Now on with the pod. Hello, project people, and welcome to the Project Chatter podcast. I am Val Matthews, and as always, I'm joined by Dale Fung. Hey, folks. How's everyone doing? Hopefully well. Well, in this episode, we get to talk to James Bowles, Chris Needham, and DJ Gibbs. Welcome to the show, gents.
3: Hey, guys. Hey, morning, evening.
2: We've got you uh, an international audience, which is great. Um, Great to have you on the pod, guys. Um, On this pod, we'll be chatting to James and Chris and DJ about 4D construction and what that means. And their podcast by the same name. But before we do, here is Dale with a quick bio on each of them.
1: Thanks, Val. So, very, very quick whip round with the, the bios because we want to get into this really exciting topic. So, I'll start with James. James is a 4D modeler with a background in engineering and site management. Chris is a project planner by background and currently works as planning director for Delta Consulting Group. And DJ is a digital manager at Gammon Construction and leads their 4D strategy. So, wow, really great to have all three of you on the pod. Um, and I'm going to start with James um, as a 4D modeler. What is 4D modeling? Let's let let's set a baseline for everyone listening to this. And, and, and so if yeah. I've never heard of 4D modeling, what is it? Wow. Okay, DJ. Do you want this one? This is this is the hardest one.
2: <laughs> yeah. Straight you,
4: James. You can do
2: yeah. it. <laughs> it. I'll, I'll
3: chill straight in. away. Fifty <laughs> minutes just on this. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I think I'd start with why do we do 4D as well. So um, actually, no, I'm not. So what is 4D? Um, it's it's a 4D model is when you bring 3D information, so geometry, and attach it to activities construction activities. And um, the process, the method of building up that construction simulation is what we call the 4D process, 4D planning. Um, it's hard to do it without visuals. But I'm, I'm sure most of the audience has seen Revit files, MicroStation files. You, uh, in Modelers will break that down into detail and attach that to activities.
4: Yeah, so, so really virtual construction sequences. So we're looking at, you know, what will a construction project look like at a point in time? So it allows you to, or the project team, to visualize what that project will be on said date. So whether that includes temporary works, logistics, you know, what, what's happening permanent, um, all around that. So the idea behind it is just to get everyone on the same page. You know, we talk a lot about how it's difficult some for some people, and well, a lot of people, to understand thousands of lines of Gantt chart. It'd be quite difficult to understand how you're going to build when you've just got a permanent design. Um, You know, what does it look like in the temporary state at set dates? And that's where 4D construction really comes in.
1: Go ahead, Chris. Well, I was just going
0: to say, I think we've described it before in its most basic form as um, dynamically linking 3D information to schedule information. And it's that dynamic link which is kind of important because in the past, as, as planners, you're always trying to explain what, you, uh, you know, what the program's saying to people who don't necessarily understand Gantt charts or don't want to look at Gantt charts. And before, we, we'd never have that uh, connected as well as we can do that now with the kind of software and tools that are available. So it's, it's that dynamic link which allows you, if, you, you know, if you're going to change the schedule, then you will see that change um instantly in in the model um well maybe not instantly but you will see a change in the model and and, and know that you've got to act on it so yes yeah. that's, that's that's the the power of it i think
1: no that's great thanks guys and uh thanks dj and chris for helping james out there as well
4: <laughs> <laughs> we're a team we're a team
1: <laughs> No, that's fantastic I can tell we're gonna have a lot of fun on this pod Um, (laughs) my next question was um, and and maybe I'll I'll go to to Chris for this one Um, where did 4D originate from Um, because it's been around for a while right Chris and we're chatting before we would record that you know it's been around for such a long time but yet people are still slow to adopt it does it originate from a planning side or is it engineering Um, yeah it's a good question I, I, I don't know fully where it
0: Actually came from, but um, you know it's been around probably since pre 90s, early 2000s that the, there's been some level of software available to do it. And I've said in the past that the, when I first came across it was after my uni university, and I was doing my um, planning training at a company called Costain, and they they had some guy come round and, and demo this product. And I, I honestly can't remember whether it was some early version of Timeline or an early version of Synchro. Um, I think the guy was from Graphisoft. So um, maybe it was Synchro. And they got bought out. But anyway, he you know, it was, a, it was an amazing demonstration. And it was kind of what I'd been hoping for, I guess, because I was putting these PowerPoints together, like these sequence draw- drawings, um, to try and explain to directors and what have you um, that, i had done my job right, I suppose. <laughs> and the schedule was, the schedule made sense. Um, and it's like, Oh, you can link this together. Okay. That's, that's amazing. and um, and then, yeah, the, the company never bought it because it was too expensive apparently. So, um, yeah, it's come along and this was back in say 2005, maybe 2006, 2005, I think it was. So it's been around for such a long time. And, um, james and dj and i always kind of talk about well when we kind of met up in like 2010 2011 whatever it was and we just thought wow i can't believe that there's there's not enough people doing this, this is going to be this is going to be the future. you know this is the future now we've got to get ahead of it we've got to jump on that wave and and we're still talking about um adoption
3: mm. <laughs> you're not going to make any predictions here about the next 10 years because we did that ten years ago, and we're still here.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like how I mean, I you know I knew the industry was slow, but
4: wow, this is uh, this is some snail's pace. <laughs> yeah. Very positive. Yeah, and I think just adding on, where did it come from? Um, particularly in relation to BIM. So people of, people often liken 4D as part of part of BIM. You know, it's the BIM team that will that will do it. We might touch on that later, but um, really 4D existed before the term BIM. It obviously didn't exist before 3D modelling, but, you know, the, the word, the acronym BIM as we know it with international standards and everything that's set around it, you know, really 4D was, was there and there, thereabouts before um, we ever heard of like, you know, we're, we're UK or a lot of us were from the UK originally. So, you know, we BIM came to the mainstream in 2011. And yeah, I'd say 4D was, was around and branded as 4D before that.
0: Yeah. And I guess um, if you're, sorry, going back to where you you're saying, like where, where did it originate from? I'd like to think it did originate from someone like me who was thinking, how can I make this process easier? Because every time I, every time something changes, I've got to change all my other documents. Like, like, you know, I've got to update everything. It's so time consuming. How can I make this more you know, dynamic. So maybe it was from some engineer or, or project manager or project planner that thought, okay, let's let's just use software to to link all
1: this. <clears throat> yeah, no, thanks for that. And it, it, it's kind of one of those things that when you look at you go, it just makes sense. Why 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 aren't why are people doing this? And um, it, it it's great that I mean I think one thing is probably the awareness. Um, perhaps and, and you know sometimes when people think oh it sounds complicated or looks complicated they're a little bit averse to to adopting things i don't know um you know that goes into the whole psychology yeah. part of it and val probably will chip in on, on that side about adoption rates and why people don't do things new things but um one of the things you touched on as well you spoke about software is there any specific software you need um or is there a host or any ones that are better than others dj perhaps you can jump in there
4: Oh, this is a good plug actually and I don't think you even knew it. So, um
2: <laughs>
4: we we tend to be quite software well, we are software agnostic actually. We don't we don't support the use of any particular one. But um as part of the 4D construction group, we're doing a review at the moment of 4D related softwares. So, as you know, the group's made up of members from around the world, and they're not all planners, they're not all BIM people. We've got lawyers in there, change management people, I don't know, logistics specialists, anything like that. And we're trying to get different people, you know, they use different tools that can be classified as 4D um, to different degrees for different purposes. So we're just trying to get, well, one, actually, just a list together, I think is useful for, I don't know, anyone looking to start their 4D journey. It's the question we get asked a lot. But um yeah, we're trying to put some comments against it so people can have an idea as to what tool to go to, to do to get certain outputs or outcomes. So yeah, we don't have a you know, a definite go to and we're not here to plug any specific vendor, but we're definitely here to plug the 4D construction group. So um <laughs> you know, watch this space and hopefully, yeah, by the end of this year we'll we'll have something that, you know, uh, will be useful for people that want to want to pick a piece of software there there are some there are some outlying vendors um like james i know you have preferred software choices and things like that for for the outcomes that you want to produce but um it really depends it depends on the skill of the team it depends on the budget available it depends on whether you've got a good gantt chart whether you've got a good 3d model There's there's a lot there's a lot of different factors um so it's, i don't uh, like to say anyone it's a it's a fast changing
3: market as well. You've got the you've got a couple of big all rounders that cover all bases with good interoperability and um, good flexibility and that are powerful. And then there are we're meeting what one or two startups a week now who are on the fringe of things and, and maybe kind of applying other stuff, um, some really smart analytics or machine learning at the other end. So yeah, it's fast moving, isn't it? What we've seen, Chris, have we seen? Uh, about nine review. We've you, done nine. You've reviews.
0: seen more that you've been in more than me. Mate. Oh. I mean, like I've only joined a couple and there seems to be like, you know, doubling up every day. There's so much coming out, which is great because, you know, it's, it's been slow to develop, I guess. Um, but I think a lot of the people are starting to see um, there is, there is going to be a, a market for this. Yeah. And, there, there's so many different <clears throat> different software packages now that have slightly different strengths. So that's partly why we're doing the um, solutions review,
4: um, just so yeah. that we can compare these, these different things. And on that, I think before you picked a certain piece of software just to do 4D, but now some of the solutions we're looking at do a little bit more than a 4D model or a virtual construction sequence. They offer, you know, maybe some like, um, you know, better ways for you to analyze data or um, like rapid prototyping of plans, let's say. So it, mm. it's, it's it's more than just creating an output of a, of a video, which I think perhaps 10 years ago was kind of like where the 4D solutions market was. Now it's it's good. Like these are planning tools. They're not 4D tools. They're tools to make you plan better, um, particularly what visually plan. And um, yeah, we're just yeah, we're just interested in any of them really.
3: That's a that's a really good point that these are planning tools as well because we had so uh, three of the reviews just even last week. We're using like volumetrics, so you're getting you're getting durations and performance and productivity being planned and measured and determined, and then you're you're putting recipes and rules on top of it, and you can level. It's, it's much smarter, to DJ, exactly as you say. It's not output-driven. It's, it's smart planning tools that are location-based with a little bit of physics and gravity, so you can't build level 37, yeah,
0: or yeah.
3: cast 36. So you can, you can set your rules, make it location-based, and build very robust sequences, which is really yeah, th- the market's going there, isn't it?
0: Yeah I think they're trying to get to this model based planning like holy grail you know like can we get the the machines to to build our program and there's there's packages out there that are getting pretty close to it you know they're getting like it will get you maybe 80% of the way there and then you've just got to fine tune the the remaining 20% and then obviously just keep updating that yeah. but and and obviously everyone's trying to get to real time um real time data capture real time information and i think that's what a lot of these things are um all converging
1: you know converging to this this uh, this dream <laughs> yeah um, that's yeah that's really fascinating one. really really interesting yeah. um just just quickly dj where, where when that's published where or where will it be published at the end of the year
4: ah uh, so again beautiful plug thank you
1: <laughs> so i feel like we're... we can just leave the three of you to chat as well
4: but so the aim is we're, we're hosting a conference obviously an online conference given what's going on um in november and we got we got lots of different topics and it'll be it'll be released then um we're at a position where we're uh, yeah we're what 60 70 percent of the way through the solutions reviews i don't know at the moment so we'll we'll be in a position to produce that i guess preliminary at at that conference and then yeah we'll we'll host it on our website um yeah and yeah don't worry it'll be all over social media and we'll make sure that you guys get a link as well
2: so you can uh, share it with with all uh, these listeners thank you so much (laughs) thanks for the for the uh the plug intro but it's a really good point i think you know, Dale and I see this is the future as well. We, we want to support this. And it it's clear from our conversations, even offline, that um, it's not about the tech. So it, clearly there's software that's almost there. That's, it's getting us 80% of the way. Clearly there's people who have the knowledge, obviously, i.e. you guys. Adoption rates. Can we talk about what we think? And I'll go into benefits later as well, because I think we do both together, but what do you think the challenges are? What is, What is the inhibitors, the impediments on projects or in, in the way projects are delivered that's stopping people from using these tools? Because they're clearly um, useful and valuable. What, what are your views on that? Um, maybe I'll start with uh, Chris. I'll start with you, mate.
0: Okay. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of things, I think. Um, you know, you, you initially get the – okay, so you get over the cost barrier and you get the bit of software. So that's in the organization. Great. But then it's, um, okay, well, how does it fit into the process? How do you get people to actually use it? And, and that becomes, you know, the normal way of working. I think a lot of it goes down to people's habits and behavior. You know, they're so used to, to doing things a certain way and that's just comfort for them. You know, that, that's easy. Um, the pain of going through a learning curve to, to learn something that on, when you first look at it, it does seem complicated um and especially if you're not of the mindset to do much project planning or you, maybe you don't necessarily um communicate your programs in that way anyway so it's, it can be quite a big step for people i think um, to change their habits and behavior <laughs> it's hard to break the habits of a, of a lifetime when you've been working construction projects for such a long time
2: do you think yeah. Chris, if, if I come up with like or if Microsoft rolled out an Excel add-on for 4D, do you think we'd get more adoption? Um, Things like that? I
0: maybe. You know what? I don't I don't know. If you put I, I'm a big advocate of keeping tools simple. And if you can uh if you can almost subliminally put it into something that people already use. Um, then they're more inclined to just do it naturally. Um, that's why these—that's why people pay so much, so much money for these um, UXs on, on mobile apps and things like that, isn't it? Because mm. they need to make it seamless. Like it, it needs to be – because you can't go and train someone how to use an app. It needs to be – you open it up and someone gets it instantly. That's That's what we're dealing with. Like if you've got to go through a massive learning curve, then human nature just – goes, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I've got to do my day job. <laughs>
2: yeah. I've
0: got it's to just, just carry on.
2: So we almost need like a Steve Jobs in the 4D space to just make the design UX just seamless. Um, and that may be one of the barriers of entry. Is that what you're saying? It's not necessarily but, just price, but pr- is price a big thing as well? Price Isn't is that- the initial, and price is probably one of
0: the initial things. And then right. it's the time it takes for people to build that in. It's just for that to become a habit. Probably like, because I remember when I was first trying to learn the software, um, I, I obviously had a drive because I wanted to understand it. Like I wanted it to, to, I knew that it was going to improve the way I did things. So I had that, you know, I just decided that's, that's what I was going to do. And and obviously as a planner, um, that was part of my role anyway. Like anything that's going to reduce the admin burden on me Mm. is, is, is good in my in my opinion. Whereas for someone you are trying to get, like say engineers or project managers, to use that, it's like, well, that's not part of my role. I don't I don't care about that. Yeah. Like that's just another thing that you are asking me to do. And okay. I think it's planning is so uh, a lot of the time is is just not in in people's roles. Even though people everyone does some level of planning on a day to day basis, um, it's they they maybe don't think of it like that. You know, they just think, "Oh, this is just normal. This is just normal." Um, and
4: but this is how I do it, and it works for me. Yeah, I I I think just building on that, so I agree. I think a lot of it comes down to not 4D itself, but and you guys, Val and Dale probably have to comment on this as well. Is like just the investment in planning in general, yeah. like. Like Chris is saying, like people are expected to do what they did already and do a bit more. There's never resource and time or whatever put aside to say, look, this little investment will help us plan this project remarkably better. And, okay, that's not what everyone wants to hear, but then when you move on to your next project, that's part of the way you work, and you don't need such a big investment at the start to, to embrace all that that value. That hopefully, you've realised out of it. So I think that comes down to it. And without being, I mean, we we've, we've run through this a few times. I think like the barriers and all of that. And a lot of the times, you know, you you get back to procurement, and then you get back to just people. You know, like how high do you go? Um, yeah. And, and yeah. I, I think I think they're there. But I think, yeah, it's just it's having that having people that want to plan the project better. And if they do, then they'll they'll entertain the idea of 4D yeah and, and put put the right things in place, because with with the world as we are, like when we like we all met what uh, eight years ago well I say we James, Chris and I probably met eight nine eight years ago, I think it was. and And back then, 3D modeling wasn't always the thing you know like a lot of the time people wanted to do 4d they might have to build a bit of 3d and then it's like oh well we got to do that extra thing as well to produce the 4d N- now on a lot of projects there's at least a basic uh, and, and i say a lot of projects sorry like you know like say big large scale projects there's a there's an aspect of of 3d that you can you can take advantage of and you've Mm. got the 3d and you've got the gantt chart like just have a go at linking them together like and and then and then look at what's missing and think okay is there value in adding that little bit more detail i was about to say
3: you've got all this information you've got these (laughs) got these roles on a project why aren't you why aren't you then connecting that for more yeah that, that extra 5% effort to get you a 20% value. Why? To, but it is being adopted by individuals, projects, and organizations. Yeah, yeah. Different in different areas. It's, it's, kind of, it's the, the, the adoption curve is really unusual because there are teams out there doing like crazy stuff with this, like location based planning. And there are others who are still questioning that business case. So it's.
4: Yeah,
0: so it's, it goes back to motivation, doesn't it? Yeah like what is their motivation to do it and in any organization you're gonna you're gonna have that like and you have it on on construction projects like dj mentioned there with procurement mm. you know what kind of procurement situation are you in if it's adversarial and you've got a tool that kind of promotes transparency people who people are not going to want that the people running the thing it's like no, we want to keep our cards close to our chest or at least we're gonna, we're definitely going to keep it and we're not sharing it with anyone yeah, because that's that's the environment
4: we're in. Even commercially as a business, you want to know that, though, don't you? Even if you I don't, don't yeah, share it course. internally, you want to be able to yeah. manage that job. And, yeah. like, you know, some of these jobs, there's, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. And it's a case of this is a very small investment um, yeah. to, to help you, you plan that better. And, again, yeah, it kind of takes it back to that. But the investment
3: return in plan. and investment thing. There's not really much out there, is there? There's not. There's nothing. I know we're producing something in terms but no, no kind of hard measure, like modelling hours, not licenses. Modelling hours are the big one. Number of modelling hours front end, that then give you what hard benefits. So if you kind of if you try and build that business cases, it's, it's hard. Isn't it? We've tried. Yeah. What well, let's, I think let's, let's be talk about
2: that let's yeah let's talk about benefits because i think we're slipping into that which is why i thought they'd be <laughs> nicely coupled together because if you're like well these are the challenges but hey here's the benefits well what exactly are the benefits and and let's say because dale and i you know we're, we're reasonably new to 4d because the, comp- the projects we use don't use them and quite rarely that you know for the little five percent they're probably not even looking at it and, and it's a behavioral thing like you said as well but if we could if we could sell it to them you know what would what would we say how would we position ourselves to make 4D very appealing to the masses? Got examples,
1: experience. maybe? Yeah. Examples, real life examples where you've applied it and yeah. shown the value? Chris, we need to do the mortgage shop. Uh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> What's happening? Uh,
0: I, I think uh, well, we just yeah. keep coming back to the same, like the job that James and I um, first met on was, you know, it was a. It was a a good job. It was a Crossrail project, and basically digging a big hole in central London and constructing a you know shaft um, for a tunnel boring machine to to launch from to go from. I was saying East London, yeah, East London through to West London, and it was on a critical path of the Crossrail project, and there was going to be an issue with um, some temporary works as we got down the shaft in that <laughs> it was going to add a huge amount of time to the program and a huge amount of cost. So we were, we were obviously trying to demonstrate this to um, Crossrail and they said, okay, well, let's let's do a 4D model then, or they instructed us to do a 4D model of it so that they could understand it more clearly wow um which was great and so obviously james got involved um don't know how early that was in your 4d company career james
3: that was one of the first serious ones yeah
0: yeah Yeah. um so so we we sort of went through various scenarios we got um teams involved down to uh you know the engineers the the crane drivers etc to look at these this propping arrangement which we were going to have to put in and it was just so um complex it was going to reduce the outputs of excavation hugely and you know we're talking about adding months onto the program and obviously huge amounts of cost and it got to the point where it's like okay well we're trying to look at how we can do this quicker like what if we change the approach and uh go back to the designers and see what they can do you know can they just re- eliminate this problem completely and this was done well far in advance like we hadn't even started digging yet um so you know we were a long way off the problem but we could obviously foresee it a long way into the future and it ended up going back to the designers and they said oh actually yeah if we just beef up some of the, the permanent works here in these ring beams then we probably won't need the props at all <laughs> so it went from like you know, what was going to be a, a six-month delay, say, I don't know how much I can really say, well, I don't care, six-month <laughs> delay and, and millions, millions of pounds on the project to basically, um, you know, removing that delay. And then it kind of motivated the project team so much because it was still a challenging program. It was still going to be an accelerated program um, that they really got into it and, and then resulted in shaving another month off that by the end so you know it was it was a great tool for that but mm. and and the cost of that
3: minimal all oh, right it's like for the model itself was say 20 grand let's so um, of- say yourself short time. james i know it was more than that yeah but not
0: sure well, maybe, maybe not to, maybe not to you it was certainly
3: <laughs> but the the benefits weren't just time and cost right the, the benefits were safety. yeah like yep. Instead of a complex yep. propping arrangement that you had to go, there was, there was a moment in one mm. of the meetings, Chris, where we were, you'd, you'd have the, you got a big A1 printout in plan of the propping arrangement, quite complex, looks like there's loads of space. When we started putting Bobcats in there, we were like, well, okay, where's the skip going have?" Yeah. And it wasn't really us. It was, what, it was it, There was a moment. I had this moment I'm probably biased over the years, but there was a moment where someone just went, yeah, this is, this is months. We're going to be in there for weeks. Because you've got no room, you can't slew, you can't drop this down. Logistics, yeah. And you don't have that with a Gantt shot, do you? You don't have that with a series of milestones. You don't have that engagement. And so the, you've got time, cost, safety. Um, yeah. It's a safety. Yeah, I
0: mean, it, it was just, uh, it, was, it was quite clear. And, and, and people can see this in, in 2D, like James is saying. You know, it's quite clear that when you start putting the equipment in there, and, and 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 beyond that, even when you got to the base, like how are you gonna get the steel down? There? Like we had a thousand ton of steel going in this base.
3: Yeah, what and lengths like a yeah, what lengths of rebar can you drop in? What yeah. you have to you have to do and we did loads of work on that, didn't we? We got right down into every shutter and we were looking at like couplers and and
0: Well they they were at some point, yeah. Um, but on the, you know, you've got a two meter deep base slab with a like a top mat that's uh eight I think it was um eight layers so you know 50 mil bar so it's just it's just ridiculous and even inside that you've got to get a scaffold to 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 (laughs) to erect the uh, the cage so it's just Mm. like this is just insane like you know the the digging is one problem but that's not the biggest problem (laughs) we've got to get stuff below this this arrangement so you know it was there was that realization as well i mean obviously when when you speak to guys who who know like um the site team can explain that, but it needed for the, for the people who had to make the decision on whether we were talking shit or not, they needed to see it visually. And they, they you know, they all they effectively needed us to prove our case.
3: So, so, so what you had there, you had a team who were rehearsing and they were even rehearsing their roles in the team. So you temporary works engineer, site manager, and everyone was just, you're playing a game. You're playing it once, and then you go out and do it for real. And there's there's something there about capturing it virtually once before you go and do it, which which some we've spoken about over the years in the four D group. It's
4: how do you how do you measure that benefit? It's just yeah. But I, but I think that's the that's the most important thing about that case study. Is a lot of the time when people think of four D, they see it as a reporting tool to tell people what they've yeah. done that month. Whereas this was as a planning tool and looking months in advance as to how they could optimize the build. The other alternative is a planning tool when you're already distressed. So projects that want to accelerate because they've hit a bit of a problem, which again, you know, these, these aren't issues. But the benefit, the major benefits are when you can bring in early and actually plan you end up paying for it anyway you pay to assign all these tasks whether it's through your staff or whatever just do it earlier and reap those benefits instead of looking backwards or you know in in times of hardship actually like plan yeah exactly i mean you talk about um why do it business case obviously
0: there's there's many different benefits which you can realize whether it's cost safety um whatever but just pure return on investment in terms of cost alone. You know that's if you you would spend. I think the problem people struggle with getting over is, oh, that's that's going to cost me say fifty grand, a hundred grand. But if that was going to save you a million, even if it's going to save you two hundred yeah, grand, think, yeah. you'd you'd spend it, wouldn't you?
3: If you're not, what what we kind of say, what we say is that the the answer to that is if you're spending more on modelling ads and licenses and not getting any benefits, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, you're doing it too late. You, you haven't got skills. Like, you're, doing you're doing it all wrong Yeah, but, but but the
4: issue is quantifying that as you get with all yeah. planning, and everybody goes, "Oh, we would have figured that out anyway." I didn't need you to tell me that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but yeah, when yeah. would you, you have figured it out? Would you have figured it out when you're in the hole, or you know, is it you know months in advance where you can actually change how you're going to approach? It's that amazing. That
3: that got fight exactly, on. we've still got this fight on our hands with those on the with with those who. Yeah. Aren't into this. We still no, are. no,
2: I agree. I agree. You get the, you get the claim. As I don't think anyone's told you the same thing. They go, oh, that's just academic. I know Dale and I have been told that many times. Well, we'll you know, we'll, we'll see something that's going to happen in the future. We've, we've got the as much evidence as we can present at the time, right? And it's still speculative, of course, but there's a probability. And they go, well, that's just academic. It's like, it's not academic. It's the closest thing you have to truth. And what you're doing is projecting a plan into the future, which is the hardest thing to do ever, unless we have a time machine, of course. Um, and it sounds like to me that this 4D does actually help. That's a great case for, for us laymans who don't really understand how 4D works. It's a really good case study because it sounds like it really worked well and it was a low investment, low risk, and, and it was effective. I'm wondering, and then with a with the scenario-based planning or in this model-based planning, are you able to run multiple different scenarios because, you know, everyone likes multiple decisions and executives are terrible at this. They'll be like, well, give me option A to M and and then and then they'll set the planners off on this monstrous task to go and pull together all these what-if scenarios. Well, is, yeah. it, is it? Yeah. That's Which is not a bad idea, but, but is this easier in 4D?
0: Yeah, it definitely is because there's that dynamic link, isn't it? So, um, you know, based on the information that you've got, you can chop things around relatively quickly um, and just compare different baselines. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas... Like-
3: yeah, mostly. sorry I was I was just
0: gonna say like obviously I'd be I'd be doing you'd be doing those scenarios manually otherwise.
2: Yeah. And that just Right, so you know. how do you do them in 4D then? What's the difference between like manually changing let's say you had a, a plan a six, but what's what's the difference? How does it make it easier? Is there is it automated? Is it is the software kind of catered towards you, you punch in some coordinates and it changes it for you or how does that work?
3: Some some of the solutions do do that, um, and some of them are uh, are able to process hundreds, thousands, millions, based on the parameters you give it. So they could be location-based parameters. So again, yeah. level thirty-seven before level thirty-six that doesn't work. And and you, for for those tools, you're building up those recipes, you're building up those those frameworks, and you take them from project to project. You build up a template a template rules that you can apply that the model feeds back into and tells you what you can and can't do based on those rules. So it's kind and that's, that's at the cutting edge of this and it's really interesting.
4: And I think, I think a big part of that and a big part of this 4D journey is um, a lot of the time people and what you were saying about a second ago is people go, well, that's not going to happen. And it's like, well, give me the information so I can plan it better. And and these exercises make people give you the information so you can plan it better. So it's not the goal of producing a 4D model. It's the goal of producing a realistic plan. If it's like, oh, yeah, but they can't access that way. Well, nobody knew that because not one piece of information that you've given to anybody says that. So can we include that in some information? And then, you know, and, and slowly that gets better. So you never really... I mean, if you produced a 4D model, like the same as you produced a plan straight away and it was a perfect representation of what you actually built. I mean, you're no. just God, aren't you? So it, it it's never going to be like that, but it's part of the process of actually, um, you know, building, developing your plan and making it as realistic as possible. Yeah, it's what DJ says there. It's, it, again, it's only as good as the information is going into
0: it. And that's yeah. the point. That's the point, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's like, okay, well, this is the information we've got, and this is what we've come up with. Yeah.
4: Great, this um, is what we're going to build from. This is actually what we're going to build. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, this, this is the information as it <laughs> That's
3: right. Yeah, that is happening in November. That no, you've got this wrong. That's no, that okay. Is- great.
2: Tell tell me what's different. Yeah, exactly. Right. The age-old planning to well, Tell me when. You know, if this is not right, what is right according to you? Um, but yeah. it, there's a great quote around this. Um, Alfred Korzybski says, um, uh, he's a philosopher is on semantics. He says, the map is not the territory. I'm not, not sure if you ever heard this, the map is not the territory, but it doesn't matter how much detail you put into a map, it will never be the actual territory in which you are driving on. And you can make a really good map, but it'll never be reality. So, mm-hmm. but you can have various details in a map. So you can have really ordinary maps that are written on pieces of paper. And you can have GPS, which is a lot more accurate. And I guess the understanding of that is, is, is how you drive um, accuracy, which I think 4D is trying to illuminate us, um, at least those that are simplistic in mind. And let's say our senior, senior directors are kind of bombarded with information, let's say, and they want to get to the truth. And the easiest way to get the truth is to visualise it. And so this could be an easy way straight into the brain because we understand, at least from a behavioural perspective, going into psychology now, Dale, that we recognize pictures faster than words, right? So, you know, if you're sick of hearing project managers and executives talk and waffle all day about how good they are and nothing's nothing's off track, you know, like, that's all well and good. Well, what's your point of reference for truth? And and we're in a world now where misinformation is so, it's like it's everywhere, it's broad, and how do we ring-fence projects and then who's the who's the moderator in this situation? And there's always three sides to a story, but... I just wanted to comment but that's a really good uh case study and i'm, I'm starting to get an appreciation now of this model-based planning which i actually think is a better better terminology mm-hmm. um before i hand off the dial because i'm sure he's got some questions i just want to know what is the best way to describe it is it 4d construction from a terminology perspective is it bim have you guys jostled with this over the last 10 years is there anything popular that pops out i think, I think model better planning
3: model-based planning works because it's it's yeah, yeah. It's it's not just planning, is it, Chris?
0: It's just better planning. <laughs> but better, plan. <laughs> no, but, to separate,
3: first. but to separate it from building activity networks and Gantt charts, yeah, model-based. It's location. Yeah. Um, just coming quickly back onto the 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 mapping analogy. This is a map of the future, isn't it? This is a better map of the future. So it's kind of we talked about like <coughs> this is radar for projects. You, you get to you get a yeah. view on a more predictable. Um, more accurate view of the
2: future. And, and that's of benefit. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, and I'm, I'm going to pass the Dale, I promise. I'm just excited about this subject. But, the, you know, it's very similar to machine learning. Like it's almost like you're just this one step off where you're manually applying the breaks, the rules, and the recipes. But at some point, I feel like a machine could do that. Um, yeah. Because and and we've had some guys on, some brilliant guys on, haven't we, Dale, about machine learning as well, and it just blows our minds love to connect you guys because i think that's kind of where we're all heading anyway um but I'll, I'll hand over to dale now thanks
1: no that's fantastic like i said i i think Val, we could have just you know said the introductions yeah. and just let chris dj and james get on with it but it's, yeah. it's fascinating <laughs> honestly um but you mentioned a whole host of things there um i think it was dev Emrat here from Plan who had on the one of our previous pods that said you know that's often right. on yeah. projects uh you know, the plan is looked at as a, or considered a second-class citizen. And that's, you know, if you have that behavior, right. And I see Chris is sort of getting riled up there. <laughs> but if you have those behaviors, right, your plan, no matter if you have 4D modeling or a piece of paper, no one's going to believe in it, right. Cause you don't have the right inputs. Yeah. So, so behaviors is a big part and, and Val was kind of leading that, to that there. Um, but then you also spoke about, um, for me, it was more about creating confidence, right. Mm-hmm. So giving yourself time to make informed decisions before the shit hits the fan, um, and that's quite important. And then referring back to you know the Dan Patterson's and then the Vemrodias of the world, that's what they're looking at is is using um, historical information to apply to this. So so absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with that. But so my next question though then is okay, this is great. We've we've got technology. Um, we've we've got um, emergent technology as well that we can add to all of this. This is great stuff okay, you sold me, guys. Um, do I need to pick up any additional skills, whether I'm a planner, engineer, project controller, mm. a PM? Are there skills I have to pick up, or is this something that software will just do for me? Um, maybe I'll go to Chris. Sorry, <laughs> um, <to> Chris. <laughs>
0: the, yeah, I mean, it, it is just a bit of software, isn't it, at the end of the day. Um, you've still got to do something. It's not going to solve all of your problems. It's just a tool. Um, so you have to you have to learn how to use it properly, um, and and that may mean that yeah, well it, it will definitely mean that you have to at least learn some skills, but you, you might already have them there. You just didn't realise it. Um, and I think you talk about you know building confidence, and a lot of the time <laughs> um, on on contracts with the old the old way things were, the, the program was obviously just put in the top someone's bottom drawer and never really looked at um whereas now it's it's kind of becoming especially in in uh forms of contract that we've got over in the uk like the nec it's it's prevalent it's so important to the management of that contract that people can't ignore it anymore Um, and i think it's getting to that point so um, people's experience of planners um i think there's different kinds of plans there's some who just know how to operate software, but they don't really understand mm. how to build things. Or, Schedulers, right? Not planners. Mm. Yeah, they're not planners. So, and and that's where people lose confidence because if you've just got a PM who sat down telling the guy what to punch in because the PM doesn't know how to use the software or whoever, you know, they're effect, effectively just a software jockey. Not to be mm. too derogatory, but I will be. Um, <laughs> but, Love it. You know. <laughs> the that that that's where the, the the lack of confidence comes from like if, you, if you've got someone telling you right this is the logic put in the program and this is why and i can explain it to you clearly so they go yeah okay i agree with that or they might have some pointers and go well maybe we'll do it slightly differently let's just update it and see what happens it's that communication that people need to learn and when you've got a tool like uh with 4d it does get people on the same page a lot quicker because you are demonstrating to someone visually like you said you know pictures worth worth more than words and worth more than a gantt chart certainly um then they can say well no we're not going to we're not necessarily going to do it that way i can see what you've done here but let's just switch things around and see what happens and you get that kind of back and forth going and then that builds a proper relationship and then that builds confidence so those are the kind of skills that people need if you're if you're a planner a scheduler. You need that you need to build confidence in that way you need to um, be able to explain what you've done clearly so that it makes sense to someone and they can give you feedback so I think that's the main skill because um, anyone can learn a bit of software you know that's the easy bit mm. the hard part is is getting people engaged
1: so we struggled with DJ, but Chris, give us your top three software tools that uh, people should go and check out. Come on, give us something.
0: <laughs> well, okay, I don't mind. Like, you know, my my favorite and the one I've always used is is Synchro. Um, at the moment, I haven't really used um, much much else because that's that's the one that I first used. I mean, they had they had. Uh, they had a really basic, um, license, which was cheap, which was just a SketchUp license. You know, you couldn't import anything else. I mean, Synchro is pretty good in that you can import pretty much anything. I think that's right, James, isn't it? They, they do support exactly. a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, they had a cheap license for SketchUp. So I just got hold of that because I was using SketchUp and, uh, that was great. Unfortunately, they, they did bin that option. And now they've just got this one model and, they're owned by Bentley, and and uh, it's it's going into some some crazy some crazy stuff now. Like there's so many different things linked to it, which which I guess is uh, is part of the big vision that they have for it, and trying to make it more accessible and cloud based and all that. Um, as as far as the other things go, obviously there's things like I haven't used, but I see a lot of things with, with Furza. James, you're using that, aren't you? Or you're you're, you're you've had a go with it. Um, yeah, there's that. there's um yeah you use it to, yeah there's power project bim i've used that i like that um i don't know if you're familiar with power project but you know i i use power project and p6 mainly in my planning um and the plugin that they have for for power projects is is great it's pretty basic but they're improving it um but for an entry level you know for planners to get into 4d i think it's it's pretty good um but it does have its limitations. Like it can't, it can't do all the stuff that you, you really get more value out of like things like adding temporary works and things like that. Um, not easily anyway, um, would be a bit clunky
4: for that. So for me, it's still synchro at the moment. Go ahead. go ahead, DJ. If, we, if we drop in the softwares, I think the kind of the one to watch out for that we've spoke about a bit on this um, here, but we haven't named is Alice technologies. And that's about the, like, yeah, multiple iterations of plans in seconds to, like, you know, see where you are. And that's geometry-led. So when I mean, James very has been talking about site, recipes. Yeah. Very, 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 very,
3: really, really interesting.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: You, set your, you set your recipes and rules, but then you can set um, things on top of that as well. So the, the physics and um, <clears throat> all that, that's the most interesting, yeah, solution out there. It's amazing, yeah. It's
0: exciting, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I mean, awesome. no, I, I haven't used that myself, but when we was talking about getting you eighty percent there, yeah, that's yeah. the that's the one, isn't it?
3: And obviously, with, with this, you still need experts. You still you still need all of us in the industry as humans, experts. These are just really powerful tools that that work as a platform. Yeah.
0: Anything that gets anything that gets you to do the, the mundane stuff, like all the the, the working out know, if you've already got those quantities and output yeah. rates and stuff built into a machine that you know you've got your rules, which which is effectively what you're doing yourself anyway, and then transferring it into schedule software. Yeah. Yeah, why wouldn't you do like if, if the machine can do it that much quicker, like in, in seconds, yeah. then of course you're gonna do that and then you'll just work out the other twenty percent that f- around what you can see.
3: Is that, is that how you guys see the future, the interaction between human and computer, that that the, the processing part that is, is best placed in the calculations and the human part is the intuition and experience that can sit on top of that? Yeah. So- placement
1: is it we're not yeah absolutely yeah. i mean we, we, as i said we've had guests on like you know dev Emradia and, and dan patterson and, and they both say look ai whether you want to call that you know artificial intelligence or even augmented intelligence um it's not going to replace people all it's going to do is give you um more confidence and better options to make your decisions upon so you don't, you're not taking the human element away. We're not, you know, projects aren't conveyor belts. They're not factory conveyor belts, right? Projects are unique. Every single project is unique. So um, it, it just gives you better information. And and we have so much data coming in. And um, how do we process all of our experience? I mean, you, you look back, if you've got 10, 15 years experience, you're not going to remember every single bit of data point that you've come across because you're not a computer, right? So let the computer do that bit, but then you apply the experience that you've got today and, and, kind of your, your bird's eye view. So yeah, Val and I are very much like, yeah, computers aren't going to replace people. Um, yeah. it's very much a compliment. Um,
2: some so. people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> schedulers, <Yeah. laughs> I think, think you gotta be careful with generalistics. Like it, the, the, there is, there is. So if you, there is low value, so there is a problem and barrier, so we go back to barrier entries. And I think this is a recognition of the fact that there is some problem with adoption and, and the rate of adoption versus the technology that's available. And my view is that um, the way we construct contracts for projects, particularly those that are B to G, business to government, are not designed to be better, faster, cheaper. There's, there's an element of profitability that's set by employees, a so profit per employee. That means that they make more money having bums on seats than they do by being you know the sharpest tool in the shed and we certainly see this in australia and i've finally found the proof of that and i did a presentation earlier today but the idea of that then means that we've got low value skills that we're promoting into the future which is disruptive on all all sorts of levels that we can't measure yet if you think about it so if you just continue that trajectory then then the problem isn't going to be well the gap's going to get wider so you know, we think there's a gap now between the understanding of 4D or, um, you know, model-based planning, and and the and the masses. Imagine in 10 years' time, again, we're going to be catching up on another podcast talking about the same thing. And I don't want, I I, I personally don't want that to happen. And and so there is a concern there uh, for sure. And so some some roles need to be made redundant, and it's just a normal part of progression of technology. Like we we need, and it's not a scary thing. I think. I think it's, it's the way you deliver it, and I've probably scared the shit out of everyone listening to it. They're like, oh, my God. Yeah, i got to. But if you're, if you're thinking that if you do something that's repetitive, okay, if you come in to, to a nine-to-five and there's something that's repetitive and it's, it doesn't require a lot of brain power, your job's not going to be there for long. Just think about that. So no. if you're doing something that you know doesn't require a lot of brain power and doesn't require empathy or any other human traits that we can't simulate, then you're, you're in a problem state. If you want to get ahead of that, then there's a few areas, and I think this is one of them. Model-based planning, get yourself educated. Uh, data science, get yourself educated, and psychology, because these are things that can't be replaced essentially, and they require some type of operator to manage all that in artificial intelligence. But the, the last bit, of it is, which really is interesting, and I'm not going to go Elon Musk on it, but it's, the question is, is, is it, there's a crossroads at some point in our future that we decide whether or not we're actually different machines and whether we integrate or not and i don't think that's too far off and then therefore that question gets really blurry james when you say well who's managing who and 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 it could it could very well be that it's a symbiotic relationship rather than just a an a and b you know us moderating them as like an employee manager relationship i think in fact will be one and the same um that's just my view some interesting stuff going on here uh, well wow, yeah it's getting it's getting yeah. deep.
1: It, Deep is. Now. it right. is. I think Val likes to think sometimes that it, it is half machine, um, which isn't a problem, sure. um, but the other half, he's studying psychology as well, so he's keeping it sure. sort of uh, in the balance. Um, yeah, exactly. I just wanted to add one more before I hand to Val, uh, kind of as we, we head to round up the pod, um, and I'm not going to aim it at anyone specific. Whoever wants to answer it can answer it. In terms of industries, is this purely just for construction? What other industries may lend themselves to 4D modeling? Um, is is it okay so while you can go into perhaps even i don't know designing software potentially i don't know um i'm just throwing that out there from left field but is there anything Hmm. potentially I i
4: think anything in the built environment so oil and gas Power, utilities, construction, infrastructure, like it it lends itself like physical assets, Mm. um, physical Mm. built assets, definitely. Um, I guess something that we've been looking at is the logistics, actually. So, particularly as you shift a bit more towards um, like offsite manufacturing, you know, like your DFMAs, your MICs, whatever you want to call them. I think it will be we'll start seeing a lot more of that and understanding actually, you know, like from manufacturing yards, how is, how, you know, when logistics become even more imperative to the success of a project, how can 40 help Um, aerospace? Yeah. Potentially defense. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, okay. Yeah. Take, take medical. I mean, I wouldn't profess to say this is spot on example, but I heard people were looking at optimizing how they could get a patient a patient that arrived in actu- accident and emergency how they could optimize getting them from off the ambulance to the treatment room and they did lots of rehearsals and, and things like that and you know a virtual simulation of that you know would fall into that 4d camp so i don't see i think anything where and and i'll hand over to james now but james i know you spoke before about anybody that wants to rehearse is well, yeah. i mean it can benefit virtually then it could fall in a 4d camera
3: so, so mm-hmm. anything around events management so disaster relief or a, a huge music festival or any anything where you've got location and time and you're trying to get to a an efficient, uh, yeah, disaster relief is one that that kind of thing. You you you've got location, you've got a map of the territory. You need to do certain things as quickly as possible. Your setups and yeah, it's, there's
4: made there's loads of applications, I guess that we haven't thought of. Well, and they probably exist. We just might not know about them. Yeah, you know, because yeah. we we're, we're so in construction built environment. There's probably some great stuff that we could we could learn a lot from, but we just haven't had, it might be day-to-day practice for, for other industries. We just might not know.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: No, that's great insight because, um, you know, and, and, and it just shows that there's so much more opportunity out there. Um, you know, this is just touching on construction. We haven't even realized the full potential, um, but then going beyond that, I think it's fascinating. Uh, Val? Well, yeah, I was just
2: I was just thinking about all the various applications. I, I think traffic management as well and, and you you said yeah disaster management and emergency relief and yeah I, I guess having any rehearsal stage is is really important and I guess does that mean then four D is 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 it? I mean I hear as well terminologies like five D and six D. Now are they are they are they in the same family or are they separate or is there any relation at all to them? And maybe you can explain like what that is exactly.
0: People just like adding dimensions to things.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's intense. 6D, I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ, that's some heavy yeah. mushrooms right there.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I've heard them. I've heard them way beyond that. I think so. The concepts, so that's kind of plugged to the the come from the BIM community, I would say. It's been pushed a yeah. bit of that, and like, okay, so we've got our 3D and then we add the time element to it and that makes it 40 and that makes sense because i guess like physics and stuff you know like 40 yeah and yeah but then it was like oh well let's add cost to it and call it a fifth dimension like, settled. okay yeah, yeah. Right, there we go right cost is uh, <laughs> easy you know uh, easy and then it was like yeah. well what about what about asset management and we'll call that you know, 60 and then what about sustainability Safety. and what about robotics and what about, so I think, right. I right. think this is, this is part of what may water down 4D and, and it's interesting because they do all have an interplay together. I mean, um, it's just about connecting data, right? We've got different information sources. Can we throw them together to get a better insight? So, yeah, I try not to get too it's involved down, with yeah. all the, all the D's. Um, it's like just... it's, it's like all the
0: all the roles that you can think of on a construction project oh we need to we need to bring our profile up let's let's give ourselves a d i think it's a bit like the uh, it's a bit like um how probably gillette's um product development um, you know, their product development meetings go what should we do i know Fireblades. let's add a blade six blades Make it it'll be up to seventeen blades in like the year twenty-four blades. Just be like I'm your whole, fa- you. You your whole face,
2: and it shaves your face. Yeah, that's yeah, so good. That's such a good analogy. I forgot those ads. <laughs> I miss them. Bring them back, Gillette. All right, um, James. Anything from you on that? Uh,
3: no,
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's like everyone gets a medal, isn't it? Well, you know, and it doesn't because the way they display it, if you've ever seen the images, it's always linearly, and so you have three D, forty-five D, all in a row. And they, go, they escalate up. And so they, you almost see, like, the way they've set that, when you read that, you, you look like, well, 6D is more important than 4D because 4D is smaller yeah. than sixty. Yeah, but That's yeah. not actually the case. And, you and that's have, really...
3: Sorry. sorry, James, go, mate. And you, you have to do 4D to get to 5D to do 6D to
2: do 7D. It looks progressive. It's just it's Is it? Is it not? It's not, though, is it? Oh, not no. So you could do all at once. really. I
4: mean, oh, you really? can take a QTO off, right? A model. You don't need time for that and people yeah. will call that 5d but really yeah then you get into mm. it and you're like well actually the value is when it's time-based quantities and costs but yeah you don't
2: have to have done the one before the other necessarily Gotcha, gotcha no that's that's good insight i'm sure a lot of people are wondering because there's a lot of those images out there and i think maybe bim's done a really good job of marketing um <laughs> but they haven't really Hell demonstrated yeah. the value the value underneath that and you find there's a lot on projects where you you know you get face value and you get a bam like the gillette razor and then you know, under the surface, it, it doesn't really add up to, well, five blades is exactly the same as four blades, actually. <laughs> My face doesn't tell the difference, you know, so so it's a really interesting uh, point. I also want to mention um, Alice, the Alice website. I just I've, I was searching while we were talking before. Anyone's interested in checking that really interesting bit of tech out, com, Artificial Intelligence Construction Engineering. I just thought I'd add that in there. We're not affiliated in any way. I just thought it was really cool. Um, they've got a really clean site as well. Um, it's really intuitive and yeah, I love what they're doing. So sure we're all watching. Getting, are they sponsoring it? <laughs> they should. So Alice, Alice, if you're listening, uh, Dale, and I technical, uh, anytime.
4: Uh, drop us um, an invoice. Exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just exactly. a, just a it, free
0: license will do just a, a couple of free licenses. Yeah.
2: Well, that's what one of my last questions before I hand off to Dale was actually about that, Chris. And, and so, you know, a lot of other areas like planning, for example, there is open source data. There's like open source, sorry, software. Do you think that's something that 4d will eventually be once you know we're going to get around the barriers that someone will come up with a an open source or a free version or a trial version that's longer than 30 days that you can actually get people wet the whistle because sometimes people have to try before they buy um and it's a really important factor of engagement if you if you want people to adopt you've got to give them more than you know a few charts on a wall i think i think giving them access to something that they can play around with and decide might be useful is that on the on the on the cards?
0: I reckon it's gotta be, yeah. I, I mean there's so many people like kids coming out of school uh, who who just know how to code already just coming up with this stuff themselves.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know. It's like I, just, just oh the tool's not there. I I want it to do this, I'll tell you what, I'll just build it myself.
2: Yeah, it's Elon Musk <laughs> style.
4: <laughs> yeah. I think a, an important thing to note as well is that a lot of the tools offer free viewers. So if you're not a creator of the mm. content, you can still engage with it. And it, it kind of goes against what I was saying earlier that, you know, it's it's best for planning, but, you know, for the reporting side. Um, but, yeah, people can get familiar with navigating, viewing the layout with, you know, a, a lot of the software providers do do offer that. They used to offer, like, nice discounted education licenses as well. I'm not sure if they're still around. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to – yeah. I'd love to see it not just as a 4D tool, like this is just how we plan and build our projects, right? This is a better tool to to do what we you know, what our jobs require us to do. So Yeah, you know, it's just built yeah. into how we work. We keep saying dream. we we
0: don't want it to be just one person or it shouldn't be one person. I mean you need a facilitator or maybe a few facilitators, but the whole point is it's 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 to promote better engagement throughout the project team. And and there needs to be a platform that enables people to do that
3: without too much effort.
2: Yeah, brilliant, James. Anything on that, mate?
3: Um, yeah, a lot. So a lot of the tools have got really, uh, really hard learning curves. So you go straight in with a massive ribbon of tools, yeah. um, and you kind of need. You know how gameplay work, like playing games. Like um, uh, you learn as you play, so you, you kind of start with a very clean, straightforward. You, you can you can grab a few things and create your your schedule mark one and then the tools expose themselves as you play there's not really a solution like that there's nothing that it's got an easy ramp it's just all in everything high techy hard to use hard to start where do you you know you can and i think and that would really help really help adoption we saw one last week didn't we Chris? Were you on that one it was it was just like it was all drag drop it was kind of you can grab the site from google maps you can start dropping in cranes and hoardings and and it's still startup stage but that that kind of thing developing that yeah,
2: I see, yeah. I see that I see that a lot I see this um this new wave of uh, no coding technology where you will have an application base and you can drag and drop the functions and features and set the rules you want and you you, you basically can build your applications with zero code knowledge and I, I think that might be part of the accelerate maybe um it's certainly exciting though. Um, um, It's been great talking to you guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Dale, over to you, mate.
1: Yeah, no, it's been, it's been fantastic um, having you guys on the pod. Um, It's, you know, we spoke about so much, but I think the main thing that if anyone wants to take from this, it's four D modeling is about um, creating confidence in the plan. Um, It's, it's not about whether it's 4d, 5d, 60, whatever the case may be. We've spoken about that. It's all about, creating more confidence and, and getting more of the information together so you can make early decisions, um, and, and de-risk or mitigate early. Um, and, and there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of software products out there. I'd encourage you know, listeners to get in touch with, you know, James, Chris, and DJ, uh, listen to some of the pods they've got out. Um, Get onto their website. Uh, is it four dconstruction is, is that the website? Yeah, yeah, yeah That's one. Um, so, so please okay. go check that out um, and and get in touch with the guys on LinkedIn. They they're open to chatting. So um, appreciate your time, James. Um, come around to each one of you, but James, your final thoughts that you want to leave us with?
3: Uh, no, no, just thank you very much. Really, really good to be here. Really good to to talk about these topics. Um, no, nothing really to add. I'll leave it to the guys.
1: Brilliant. Thanks very much, James. Pre- yeah, appreciate it, uh, Chris
0: um yeah not much not much more to add to be honest um but yeah thanks for having us on and i you know i do listen to yours I've, um I, the one thing just going back to the model based planning i think it was was you had dan patterson on we did yeah and he yeah. was one thing that struck me that he said was that you know for that element um the machines you know were obviously really good at doing the the quick calculations but they'll never be able to do the visual stuff that we can do as as humans I think it was him, mm. um, unless it was a different podcast. <laughs> but um, but that that's something that really struck me. And if people are worried about, oh, all our roles are going to be replaced, well, they're just going to change a little bit,
3: I would say. Can I jump in on that with one final thought on the recipes thing, the skills, the human skills of building recipes? is That's hard work. That mm. requires experience, human intuition. And I think what we'll see is that we'll, we'll see – more and more scale at building the frameworks for planning, not mm. the planning itself. So every new project, you can plan it in hours, and you're getting kind of really early insight using these tools. So yeah, exactly, Chris. There's nothing. Yeah, to be, there's something to be excited about. It's incredible.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thanks very much, DJ. Do you want to add any final thoughts and words on top of that? No, oh, just
4: I actually really enjoyed it. This has been a this has been a good chat. So um, Surprise! So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I t- I talk to you guys like God. every day. So, <laughs> so old. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Thank you. It, I, I I I did. I think it's been a, a really good discussion, and I think yeah, my takeaway is just just give it a go. If you have got a three D model and you got a Gantt chart, like ask the question of your team or ask the question of yourself and think, could we do something with this? Um, And then, yeah, like we're around if anyone's got any questions. Um, So, you know, drop us a line on the website. There's forums on there. So, yeah, feel free
1: to engage and we'll help where we can. Brilliant. Thanks, DJ. Thanks, guys. Val, any final thoughts from you?
2: Just one. I was just watching this video the other day with Jeff Bezos, and he was saying, he was talking about our generation as as a collective, and he's saying, like, we're not the ones that are going to reap the benefits of this digital evolution. we're the ones responsible for building the digital infrastructure and it's quite, quite a responsibility to do that. And it was it's such a profound thing to say and it's like, well, it kind of made sense to me and it all clicked into place. It's like, absolutely, we don't have the digital infrastructure to you know, jump into planetary and, and do all this all the cool stuff that we know is going to be on the horizons. In fact, our job is to build that, that new layer of infrastructure and you guys are doing a great job um, with model-based planning, let's call it. Uh, so thanks, guys, for being on the pod. really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Val. Well, folks, that's all we have time for on this episode, Uh, but pay it forward and head over to our charity shop and get yourself some great gear. All our profits go to charity and you'll be helping our children in desperate need of fair opportunities and education. Subscribe via our website and you'll get a link to our online community where you can chat directly to Val, myself, our expert guests and other community members. And I think Chris, DJ and James are are there as well. But yeah, for more information, blogs, previous podcasts, check out projectchatterpodcast.com. A massive thank you to our guests, James, Chris, and DJ. And DJ joining us from Hong Kong. So thanks very much for that. Thank you as always to Val. And thank you all for listening. Till next time, we say stay safe, be disruptive, and have fun doing it. It's bye for now. The views, thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the participating individuals and not necessarily to the individual's employer, organisation, committee or other group or individual. Additionally, any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organisation, company or
3: individual.